Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart Hanksy Panksy is a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with <laughs> one hour and 55 government secret laden minutes of a rough, gruff Tom Hanks. I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I'm Richard Nixon. <laughs> so we've just started the world's worst improv in that you're a newsie, and I'm Richard Nixon. Yep. So yeah, and yes, uh, and we're, we're at a manicure parlor, nail parlor. <laughs> I just love it when I get my nails done. I like to wait. Hold. Oh, oh, extra. Uh, I my toesies. <laughs> Shit, I lost it. It's gone. That's okay. I don't think I can uh, sustain the Richard Nixon impression <laughs> anyway. So. Uh, yeah, and so for everyone who didn't uh, understand all these references, uh, this week we watched 2017's The Post. Mm-hmm, that we did. Uh-huh. So, um, Luke, how was your watch? <laughs> um, man, my watch. How was my watch? So I started later than I usually do. So I started around, like, 7 o'clock. Which is mm-hmm. definitely later than I usually do. Uh, did have the lasagna again, so sort of noticing nice. a trend. Uh, Tom Hanks movies re lasagna. You know what, Sam? It was a pretty bog standard watch, as you would say. Uh, I consumed the movie. It it was a movie. Uh, I did rent it through Jeff Bezos, uh, Amazon oh, Prime okay. Video, and noted owner of the Washington Post, Jeff Bezos. I bet that was nice. Yeah, so I, you know, I got all those extra special features uh, because <laughs> I purchased it through the Jeff Bezos network. Um, oh yeah, you know, like the time when Tom Hanks gets pantsed on set, and Meryl Streep <laughs> forgets all of her lines because she's super drunk. Uh, you know, all the classic yeah. outtakes that they don't they don't include in the rest of the the streaming networks. Yeah, the great blooper reel for the post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, it was pretty good. Overall, I'd say my watch was was easy peasy. Ain't no, ain't nothing to it. Sam, how was your watch? I mean, I I was woken up from a deep slumber 
by my wife yelling at our cat at 5.30 this morning. Mm. Um, I watched the movie. It's a, I'm not going to talk about my watch because it's the same goddamn thing every week. Instead, Luke, I wrote a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> nice. About the watch or about the movie or? Uh, just about Tom. Oh, okay. All right, dude. So uh, here, here's the haiku. Yeah, please hit me with this. Tom Hanks is my god. He likes to have sex with fish. The <laughs> penis is huge. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Do you think he'd put this on his tombstone? Can we get him to commit <laughs> to that now? Oh, my God. I wish. Oh, fuck I, yeah, dude. I mean, should we tweet this? Yes. Yes. Okay. For a second, I was like, I don't know. Do we have any shame? And then I realized, no, we do not. We have no, no not, shame. So Not an ounce. Yeah. And given how coherent our last couple tweets at Tom have been, I'm loving the idea that this one is going to be uh pretty fucking out there yeah 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 i will tag him in it yes please uh, please 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 yeah remind me to do that after the episode okay um but yeah so i felt i felt uh moved to to write some poetry about tom mm-hmm. hanks which i think says where i am 50 episodes into this because luke this is our 50th fucking episode holy shit dude 50 that's that's half a hundred uh two you know when you times 25 (laughs) when you put it like that it feels like nothing yeah hey i'd say we've climbed most of everest at this point uh yeah i know we're staring down kind of the last like grab bag of his movies at this point so it feels Mm -hmm. feels pretty good to me sam how are you feeling about the fact that we just reached 50 50 episodes um somewhere but can you feel okay it's like you accomplished something great yeah like like shitting into a cup from the top of a water tower (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah but so you're saying you feel like you've accomplished something but then also what you've done is just shit into a cup yeah like i feel a fair amount of shame Mm -hmm. uh I realize that this has added really nothing to the to the public good. Yeah. Um. No. No one asked for me to shit in the cup from the top of a water f- water tower, but I mean, I did it. Yeah. Hey, maybe this is a, a cry for help. Then, so an early call to all of y'all who are listening. If you enjoy the podcast, maybe email us at hanksypanksypod at gmail dot com <laughs> to let us know that you enjoyed watching Sam shit into the cup from the top of the water yeah. tower. Yeah, I need to hear at least one person clapping as that turd <laughs> slams into that Dixie cup. Please, we do this for public adjuration. That's uh, that's that's pretty much it. That's why we do this. So <laughs> it's all we have left. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good actually. All things considered, about fifty well, episodes. Good. Uh, we've definitely put in the work, and we have spent. A lot of money on rentals at this point. We have. <laughs> and I purchased a webcam just for this because my weird double cam setup with the VR headset was getting old. So yeah. 
I've sunk a lot of money into this podcast. True that. I will say for the folks at home, it's it's weird me out a little bit because for the first time ever, I get to see Sam's face head on in 1080p and it's magnificent. But it is, it is, <laughs> he's voguing on camera right now. It's a vibe. Uh, so thanks for, for purchasing a webcam, Sam. You've, You're uh, welcome. You've introduced a new element to this, which is your face. Yeah, yeah. I can no longer record naked, mm-hmm. as I often do. Yeah, which is a bummer. I mean, I guess you still could. I guess we both yeah. could, come to think of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm noticing both our cameras are really just sort of like chest up, mm-hmm. so it's it could be just a fucking carnival downstairs. Yeah, dude. Yep, just hanging brain uh, throughout this entire podcast. Sam, we're getting off the rails a little bit. Uh, Would you like a plot for this movie? I guess. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I hadn't thought about how to to succinctly tie all this up into a nice plot. So here we go. Basically, this is about the Pentagon Papers, which came out uh, or were released in 1971, I want to say. Mm-hmm. which is basically thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of reports on the Vietnam War, uh, some studies related to it. And so basically the movie begins in Nam, uh, where we get to see some general Nam action for some reason. Yeah, you know, just a little bit of Nam action. Just a little bit of ambiance. Uh, Nambiance, if you will. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was bad. Okay. Um, (laughs) Q2, back in uh, New York, basically, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep are, he is the chief editor, I think, of the Washington Post. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Ben Bradley. Ben Bradley. And she, Meryl Streep, is the owner of the Washington Post. And Catherine Graham, Catherine Graham and the New York Times busts some of these Pentagon papers because uh, the dude from the Americans, whose name I don't remember, but that actor. um, Yeah. Delivers these papers to the New York Times and then they they release some of them and then it starts a whole kerfuffle where there's an injunction at a court level against them publishing any more of these papers. Nixon is pissed. And then the Mm -hmm. Washington Post gets like shitloads of these things and has to come to a decision uh, about whether or not they want to release these papers themselves. And folks, they do, they do release them. Uh, they, yep. s- they start publishing. Uh, and so they too are looped into this court case that goes all the way to the Supreme court where the Supreme court decides, you know what, this is covered by first amendment rights. Um, and then they just get to continue publishing. That's like the, that's like the 30,000 foot view of this yeah. movie. Um, that's pretty much it, honestly. Yeah. That's that's the meat and potatoes. But, Sam, before we go any further, I do want to mention that the cast for this movie is fucking insane. Yeah, so uh, on that note, folks, give it up for Meryl Streep, Sarah Paulson, Bob Odenkirk, Bradley Whitford, Matthew Reese, Allison Bree, Jesse Plemons, David Cross, Zach Woods... Come on, folks, mm-hmm. that's fucking stacked. I mean, if you walked into a tent and all of these people were hanging out, plus Tom Hanks, I mean, you knew something something yeah. good was going down for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, 
uh, I guess on that, Luke, what'd you think of the film? So, uh, to put it in the form of a, of a missed connection, um, mm-hmm. I was the man looking for a, a gritty political thriller, and you were the gritty political thriller. Please find me again. Here's my phone number. Um, I, I, okay. I did, in fact, enjoy this movie. I think. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wouldn't say this movie beats ass because I don't think it's that kind of a movie, but it was good. Like, it was pretty gripping. Uh, Meryl Streep, I, I got to say, we've talked before about how good of an actor we think Tom Hanks is, and I got to say, it doesn't help to have probably the best actress of our time. Oh, yeah. On screen right next to him. (laughs) No, it does not do him any favors. Yeah, because holy shit can she act. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, this movie was was pretty good, I think, overall. Now, Sam, I'm very curious to hear what you have to say. So what did you think of this movie? Luke, I think this was a movie about some, like, really interesting, earth-shattering shit that somehow managed to be a boring self-suck. <laughs> and so, I gotta tell you, I don't want to talk about the movie at all, and so I won't. Instead, Luke, I'm gonna ask you a question that I've been collecting data on for literal years now. Okay. Would you rather have thick pee around the consistency of honey mm. or carbonated pee, a little more <laughs> carbonated than a soda? A little more carbonated than a soda. Yes, slightly more than a soda. Because a soda is a lot of carbonation, my friend. That's that's a ton of CO two in there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, like I, like on a okay. So if you were going by like soda stream rules, you went like one pump extra past what you would mm, for like a soda. Yeah, and I'm gonna be pissing this. This is the real important question. Uh, fuck oh, the Pentagon yeah. Papers. Fuck, you know, the fact uh-huh. that everyone lied to us about NOM for four administrations. Um, hey, look, it's, again, it's earth-shattering shit that is really interesting. The movie just wasn't. But more important, Luke, thick piss or carbonated <laughs> piss? What's coming out of you? I think it would have to be carbonated piss. Now, Son of a, okay. Yeah. I want your reasoning. Okay. So my reasoning is just thinking about the general process. I don't think thickening up the liquids as I get older is going to do me any justice as my prostate and my bladder slowly descend into hell. Oh, you're really thinking the long game. Yeah. Whereas carbonated has some zippiness to it, which I think actually might behoove me later in life. Mm. Uh, might sort of zip zip that mm. stuff right on, <laughs> zip that good liquid right on out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. In in my actual years of collecting this data, <laughs> I think all of two people have said thick pee, and I'm one of them. So... <laughs> okay, well, now we really need to bust this down, because Sam, as for the reasons stated, I feel like thick pee is, is quite a gamble, and so I'm really curious what you think the upside is. Here's the thing. It's it's not even necessarily an upside. It's mostly that I think carbonated pee has significant downsides. 
Mm. I I think carbonated piss traveling through your urethra is going to be the most painful fucking experience. Mm. Yeah. And and it just like can you imagine a full bladder of carbonated piss? <laughs> that's that's discomfort. That's uh, discomfort, Luke Patrick. On a long haul flight with a bladder full of Coca-Cola. <laughs> Oh yeah, and and if you like, if you hit some turbulence and shakes you up, yeah. Now now it's all really foamed up, and then I have to imagine that as it's coming out, it's just gonna again, given the carbonation, it's just gonna, <laughs> lot of lot of sputtering. Yeah, you might need some depends maybe to sort of contain the wrath. Of, and even of this then, situation. it's gonna make a noise. I mean, again, Luke, you you got a lot of carbon dioxide spraying out of your meatus. Yeah, uh, is the the technical term there. Uh, <laughs> and I just I just feel like thick pee is gonna be better. Yeah. I it, it, look. Is it gonna sit heavy in your bladder? Sure, like a brick. <laughs> but but here's here's the important thing, Luke. It, like, you now get longer bathroom breaks where you just get some more private time. Because mm. cause it is going to take some time for that stuff to travel out of you. Yeah, plus Honey, you're going to have rock-solid kegels, I feel like, by the end of this. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. It's like fucking Hoover Dam. <laughs> just holding back this just lazy little river of things. Thick honey piss, because mm-hmm. because Luke, honey don't flow fast. <laughs> Do not. Thankfully, it's at room temperature or not room temperature. It's at body temperature, which I feel yeah. like uh, will maybe facilitate things a little bit. Yeah, I th- I think it'll certainly help. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did have a coworker point out that like, hun- honey drip, honey drip a lot. Yeah. It's kind of hard to end a stream of honey, and so I do think, yeah, that's going to complicate some things. Yeah. There's, there's, you know what? I'm seeing more of the pros and cons for both, but Sam, my answer remains the same. Even with the dangers implied, I think I have to stay with carbonated piss. Well, I think you and about 98% of uh, the people I've, I've asked this are just wrong. <laughs> I love this kind of survey because this is a survey that has opinions going Uh into it. It is not sort of a free form. Let's see what falls out. It is a let's see how many of my friends, family and coworkers are wrong kind of survey. Yeah, I go into this knowing there's a correct answer and most people get it wrong. Yeah. Well, Sam, that's all groovy. We have spent uh, several minutes talking about carbonated piss versus Honey thick piss. Uh, we should. Honey, <laughs> honey thick piss. <laughs> it's gloopy. It's gloopy, baby. Man, we should probably talk about the movie though. Uh, can, given can that that's I what add, we do. Can I add one thing to this mm-hmm. conversation? Sure. I. It was originally just one person who picked thick pee, and it was me. But, but I did have to amend it because when I originally pitched the question to people, um, I was saying that the thick pea was about cake batter thickness. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was it was made clear to me that that was too thick for, for a normal, you know, person to even conceive of. Yeah. So I did, I did scale it back to just honey thickness. Yeah. Uh, and got one convert. 
I believe you made the right choice there because the that is horrifying. The idea oh, of yeah. cake batter thickness. Oh, it sends oh, shivers up and down my spine. <laughs> oh, it would be just monstrous. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sam, we got to do it. Yeah, we got to do it. So talk to me. Talk to me a little bit. Let me put you on the chaise long. Let me grab my notepad, and then I want you to just tell me a little bit more about why this movie is such a self suck. Uh, I so okay. Again, the the Pentagon Papers are this like wild ass thing that we seemingly kind of all forgot about about how the U.S. government for decades consistently fucking did horrible horrible shit, uh, both in Vietnam and also if you're Eisenhower getting real pissy at the Geneva Accords mm-hmm. um, and and just lying to the public about it. Yeah. Knowing that we had no way to win um, the Vietnam War, but continuing with it anyway. Um, just, uh, like, shit that we all need to know about and all need to remember. And this movie is really mostly about, hey, should we publish it? Yeah. Do we publish it though? And it's it's just like look look how hard we're working. It like it feels like the actual content of the the Pentagon Papers is sort of secondary mm. to the amount of work they're having to do and the cor- the legal issues. Yeah, that makes and some think, sense. Yeah, I for me like the the biggest part is the content of it, especially considering that apparently all of us learned absolutely fuck all from this because i don't know maybe maybe a year or two ago uh some more fucking papers came out showing that we did luke the exact same fucking thing in afghanistan Mm, yeah hey that relevance yeah that uh like one or two months after we uh invaded iraq and afghanistan donald fucking rumsfeld the chief war criminal himself Mm -hmm. said yeah, there's no fucking chance. Uh, we can, there's no way to win this. Yeah, yeah, man. And, uh, and I read this whole article about everyone for for now about a decade has been saying, oh yeah, it's a huge failure. Uh, we've we've done nothing right. There's no way to win this. But let's tell the public that everything's going fine and keep committing troops to it and letting Americans die on a fucking lie. Yeah, amen. Amen. So, definitely getting some relevance today. Okay, I see your point, though, that largely this movie focuses on Tom Hanks's uh, sort of Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep's inner dilemma over whether or not to yeah. publish rather than what was actually in the papers themselves. That seems pretty yeah. fair. Uh, but, Sam, there are some questions we can kind of pull out of this, like, because the this movie ends with the Watergate break-in, which, like, what? Oh. Oh, you mean how the movie teases the post two Watergate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the post two. Oh man. Um wetter and better. That's what it would be titled. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So the, it ends with the Watergate break in, which Sam leads me to ask, what would your Watergate code name be? Because you know how the, the main source was Deep Throat? Yeah, Deep Throat. Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's gotta be Meaty Clackers. Ooh, Meaty Clackers is so good, and you know that that would look amazing in the Washington Post. Oh, yeah. 
our source, Meaty Clackers. Meaty Clackers. Uh, Luke, what's yours? I think, so I've thought a lot about this, and I think it would have to be Steel Porpoise. Steel Porpoise is excellent. Yeah, I have no idea why those those specific uh, the combinations of syllables, uh, but I feel like Steel Porpoise just sounds oh real God. good and would read great on the page. So now yeah. we've got Watergate's breaking. Breaking? Watergate has broken. Um, the story's everywhere. And then right there on the front page, listed as the sources, are meaty clackers and steel and porpoise. Steel porpoise. God, mm-hmm. that is that's fucking powerful. Yeah. Holy shit. Way better than deep throat. Come on, that's just gross. Yeah. <laughs> Nasty. Nasty. <laughs> yeah. Steel porpoise and meaty clackers. Meaty clackers. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, fuck Henry Kissinger. I feel like we can all sort of agree on that. Hey, I did think it was pretty dope that they mixed in the what I assume are the actual Nixon tapes, though. Yeah, yeah. I assume that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if so, fucking awesome. Yeah. We just randomly get these scenes where they're playing what sounds like the original Nixon tapes, and then we get a long view shot of the White House with a shadowy figure who is yes. presumed to be Nixon, but honestly could be fucking anybody talking on a it, telephone. <laughs> it really could. Yeah. Um, and, like, not doing a good job either. Mm-mm. It it seems pretty out of sync with the actual tape. It, it doesn't work super well. But I think one of my favorite things is early on, it's these tapes, and he's talking to, I think, the attorney general or something. And the attorney general feels, seems like, pretty fucking unfazed mm-hmm. that that uh, a major newspaper has gotten these top secret highly sensitive documents yeah yeah these these people have meaty clackers uh boy they do yeah they are unfazed by by pretty much any of this for sure definitely cool cool cucumbers yeah um hey do you want some do you want some fun uh, Supreme Court facts? <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's dodge the movie again. Let's go for it. Yeah, actually, it's related to the movie. Oh, okay. Well, okay. hey, I'm even more interested now. Okay, so uh, three people, three justices on the Supreme Court. Thank you, Daphne. Holy shit. Must you meow like that? Um, Sorry, she likes to carry a toy around and yow. Mm. Um. So three three justices voted against the New York Times mm-hmm. uh, in this, and it was uh, Harlan, Berger, and Blackman. Now, I couldn't find anything about Blackman. However, uh, at one point, Tom Hanks gets a call from Assistant Attorney General and future, I think, Ch- Supreme Court Chief Justice William Rehnquist, mm-hmm. and uh, from... Uh, the wonderful Jay Willis, uh, I have these Supreme Court justice facts. Ooh, well, I'm excited for this. So, uh, Rehnquist, Harlan, and Berger were all just real pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> to the point where he put them in a bracket of the worst Supreme Court justices in American history. Mm. And so, we have some fun facts. So, uh, old Bill Rehnquist apparently wrote as a law clerk that Plessy versus Ferguson was right uh, and should have been upheld. Oh, damn. 
<laughs> what? Yeah. What? He also ruled that Congress can't uh, stop gender-based violence because it doesn't affect the economy enough. And he struck down an effort from Congress that prohibited people from uh, carrying guns near schools. What a piece of shit. Yeah. Fuck you, Bill Rehnquist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next is Harlan, uh, whose grandfather was also on the court um, from like 1877 to 1911 and was, if you can imagine it, a horrible racist. (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) But Harlan here, well, he just dissented on the Miranda decision. Hmm. Thinking that it was too much for cops to read people their rights. Hmm. Just too much. Yeah, you don't want to get in the way of. You don't want to complicate uh, things too much. I mean. No. Why should people being arrested understand their rights? Mm-hmm. Um, he also dissented on the whole one person, one vote notion. So. <laughs> okay, what? Yeah, yeah, he apparently didn't like one person, one vote. So you know what, Harlan? Go fuck yourself. Mm, yeah, get bent. God, I'm loving this, this retro retro roast. Oh, yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> and uh, Warren Burger, Chief Justice Warren Burger, um, he really hated gay people mm. uh, and quoted some English laws uh, and... Uh, saying that sodomy was worse than rape. Well, th- yeah, that's something. Uh-huh. And uh, he also said the government couldn't address de facto uh, racial segregation because it didn't have the power to, uh, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And apparently all his colleagues hated him. Hmm. Also a great sign. Uh, yeah, apparently he was super fucking petty and like would always arrange things so that he could write the the decisions. Mm. And he would have, you know, he he would have the senior most sort of sitting for each decision so that he could write it. Man, you know, it's never a great sign when your coworkers hate you. Like at any mm-hmm. job, like no matter if you're just working at like you're at Best Buy, like in the Geek Squad or something, and everybody uh-huh. else on the Geek Squad fucking hates you. Yeah. Something yeah. has gone horribly wrong with you. Yeah. You might be the Geek Squad's version of Warren Burger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm really the Geek Squad's version of Warren Burger <laughs> when you think about it. Uh, well, man, that was some interesting factoids, and I feel like it deserves its own movie about how fucking yeah. terrible these three chaps were. Oh, I gotta tell you, the whole bracket is is worth a look, folks. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got some some great facts, uh, some good burns on some uh, Supreme Court justices, uh, most of whom, it seems, were massive pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. Our country's... Throughout American uh, history... Not good people on that court. Yeah, our country's doing real great. Um, Doing pretty good. Well, Sam, Um, that's something. Uh, Do you have any other random-ass thoughts sort of about this movie? Yeah, I do. I I have some things that I did like. Okay. Okay. I want to call out a couple things that I liked. Um, One, my favorite moment was all the stuff, like the shots of the machinery as like the paper is like Mm. the, like the print, like what the fuck do you call it? The press, like the metal press for the paper was being assembled. Ooh, yeah. God, that was fascinating, right? Yeah. I didn't know how that worked and it's 
fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well, very fucking cool. It was like a like an episode of How It's Made. Like it was it was awesome. Yes, yes. Um, and then the other was kind of related to that. There's a scene where there's a guy at the newspaper factory. I I legitimately do not know what to call it because uh, I am a moron. Um, he's he's shouting whether or not they can print it, and mm-hmm. I don't know what it was exactly, but his voice was so fucking excellent. It was like, do we print it? Do we print the paper? <laughs> do we print it, guys? Hey, can we print the paper now? <laughs> Kermit. It was oh. Kermit the foreman at the yeah. newspaper factory. <laughs> hey, guys, oh. is it time to print the paper? I gotta go eat out uh, uh, Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> on the dot guys it's 1 p.m time it's to go time for, come time for me to munch that rock <laughs> um so yeah i i loved him um and and then uh there was the guy that bob odenkirk played who frankly i just call ben big dickian <laughs> his last name is challenging so yeah. i think that's fair uh you got anything Man, speaking of Bob Odenkirk, I would watch a movie that is just Bobo walking down hallways looking serious. Oh yeah. I I would pay good money to watch Bob Odenkirk shit into a Dixie cup from the top of a water tower. <laughs> as long as he looks really serious about it, because God, something about that man and that face just walking down a hallway or perched atop a water tower. Yeah. Uh, looking just dreadfully serious just gets my blood going. I'm like, yes, oh, yeah. we're doing stuff. So good. And he's he's also still very fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, kind of crazy to see him and David Cross uh, teaming up again, but in a, yep. a movie directed by Steven Spielberg. So, yep. what? <laughs> it's a fun pairing. Yeah. Um. Hey. What do you think of Tom Hanks' voice? Hey, so here's my theory. And uh-huh. it's not really a theory. At this point, Sam, we've talked about it so fucking much. Someone said, hey, Tom Hanks, we need you to do kind of a Boston accent. And he said, no problem. Then he tried it for a couple of lines. And then he <laughs> gave up and just stopped doing it. Yeah, I th- I think he he tried it and then somehow ended up at this weird, like, almost pirate accent (laughs) and that's just where he like napped the whole movie is just right in this weird pirate accent valley yes a hundred percent and again we've talked about tom hanks's accent work so much folks he just can't do it he just stop it just doesn't work making the man do it Mm -hmm. god um yeah so the voice was interesting sam what do you think of smoking hanks Smoking Hanks was good. I mean, first, let me say, folks, don't smoke. It is terrible for your health. Please, please, please do not smoke. Mm-hmm. And if you do smoke, please seek out some resources to help you quit. Uh, it is really good for your health to quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of no matter how long you've been smoking. Don't fucking smoke. Smoking Hanks, though, looked pretty cool. Pretty cool. And we haven't seen him smoke up to this point where we got. So in Saving Mr. Banks, we saw him like stub out a cigarette. 
But oh, yeah, that's right. We've never had him contractually obligated to be smoking on screen before. And I got to say, the man looks like he knows his way around a cigarette. Oh, I, I think he I think he puffs some puffs. Mm-hmm. He might know how to do some smoke tricks for oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, a pro. Uh, I You know what? I want to watch Tom Hanks vape. Oh, who doesn't want to watch Tom Hanks vape? Maybe that's the tweet instead. It's oh, just, yeah. hey, can you get on Twitch and just show us your sick vape tricks, Tom yeah, Hanks? Yeah, come on, Tom. Fucking rip us some mad fucking cotton. Mm-hmm. Puff some righteous cotton for us, please. God damn. Fuck, I need to see Tom Hanks vaping. Mm-hmm. Um, well, dude, outside of that... I don't have too much else to add other than there was a typewriter in Nam just sort of strapped mm-hmm. into the passenger seat of a Jeep. Yep. So, you know what? Feels very Tom Hanks. Um, it does. And, uh, again, it's worth noting that Jeff Bezos does own the Washington Post now, so sort of take that for what you will. Uh, yeah. Ain't great. And, mm-mm. And uh, I, uh, one more complaint with the movie. Mm-hmm. Use some fucking last names. Mm. Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, th- the whole thing. I again, this movie was made for newspaper people and people who like jerk off to newspapers. Because mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with the staff of the Washington Post and the New York Times, circa 1971, you won't know who the fuck is whom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just tosses around first names. I was easily an hour and a half into the film before I heard Tom's character's last name. Mm. What is his last name? Bradley. Bradley. Okay. Yeah, we don't get that at all, but it's like a it's like a softball team. Like everything yeah. is just first names. Just like, oh yeah, Dave. Hi there, Judith. Yeah, it's an Abe at mm-hmm. the New York Times, and again, it's all presented as he like. Well, you know who. Who the editor-in-chief of the New York Times was circa 1971, Abe. You know Abe. Of course you know Abe. Who doesn't know Abe? Abe. (laughs) Speaking of, uh, Kat, Catherine, what's her name? Uh Uh, Meryl Streep's character uh, throws some crazy parties for the upper upper echelon of new york society oh, God. Uh, yeah, it, those parties are awful yeah pretty insufferable and at one point they're throwing a party because a man has retired and is launching his yacht at which point i audibly went oh, oh, oh muffy please <laughs> i've retired from being secretary of state and now i need to launch my yacht oh my yacht <laughs> Oh. oh, no. Oh, the yachting days are here. Yeah. Oh, so challenging. Mm-hmm. It's pretty insufferable shit. Uh, yeah. And doesn't really make her character all that sympathetic, if I'm honest. Mm-mm. It does not. <laughs> yeah. And actually, there's several references to Tom Hanks' character palling around with Jack. Jack Kennedy. Uh, yep. Referred to, to your point, uh, Sam, exclusively by his first name, Jack. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Pound around with Jack and Jackie O. Uh, so there's there's some real con- connective tissue here that makes it a little difficult to sort of stand in their shoes as the audience. Oh, yeah. Again, hence self-suck. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, I mean, I I don't have anything else. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, oh, we did get a very good ass shot of Bob Odenkirk. Ooh. (laughs) The camera hammer, uh, like, hovers on that man's ass for a good long while as he's walking away. Yeah. Um, I mean, the slacks don't do anything for him, but, I mean, I just thought it was fun. Yeah. But, uh, but Luke, I, um, I have, I have some photocopies of some, some top secret government papers that I got access to, um, and I need to store those somewhere, so could you come protect me as I go stash those in the Hanks Bank? Ooh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, let's, let's go before they find me. Yes, please. Luke, I need you to make photocopies of top-secret and highly sensitive government analyses revealing a history of brazen lies to the American public. It's time to come with me to The Conspiracy Corner. Oh man, I'm so excited for this week, because I feel like it's been sort of a drab manila envelope experience thus far, and I feel like whatever you're about to provide is going to be easily ten times more entertaining. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, and so, so Luke, uh, you know, uh, Tom Hanks... He's Ben Bradley, mm-hmm. editor-in-chief of the Washington Post. Uh, he is also every other character he's ever played. And uh, to prove this, Luke, we need to roll things back to about 1960. Oh, okay. Trying to remember yeah. what Tom Hanks was doing in 1960, failing so, spectacularly. So, Tom Hanks, Ben Bradley, and his wife are palling around with JFK and Jackie Onassis. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm on they're board. Getting, they're getting real close. They're having a good time. You know, he goes over to the White House uh, for dinners once a week. Mm-hmm. He goes to Camp David. He joins a drunken cruise on the USS Sequoia. Uh, he's just having a real good time with JFK. Uh, to the point where, uh, Luke, uh, as evidenced by a photo... I'm fairly certain that uh, Tom Hanks and JFK swapped wives. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're not kidding, because this photo that you're referencing is a photo of all four, mm-hmm. and arms are around people that you would not expect arms to be around people. Yeah, so so Tom Hanks did fuck Jackie Onassis, mm-hmm. and uh, JFK did fuck... Ben Bradley's wife. I'm very sorry. I forgot her name. Yeah, it may not have been uh, mentioned at any you, point. You know, known the fucking film? Probably not. Yeah. So, Luke, why was Tom Hanks getting this close to JFK? Mm, getting incredibly close to JFK. Yes. Man, it's hard and to Luke, say. I feel like you're going to tell me. Yes. It is because he was protecting John F. Kennedy from assassination by the agents of ATAR because Tom Hanks knew that the agents of ATAR did not like Jack Jack Kennedy's agenda Mm -hmm. and his power uh, and specifically did not like uh, that he was a Catholic president. Mm. So, uh, so, uh, Tom Hanks is, is spending all this time with him to protect him from assassination. However, In 1962, Tom Hanks is sent on assignment to Southeast Asia as Lawrence Bourne III. Holy shit, and it's the same bad accent. Sort of. Holy shit, Sam. And 
he's out there for at least a year, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in 1963, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Mm, yeah, that's because Tom Hanks wasn't around to protect him. Precisely. And do you know who sent Tom Hanks to Southeast Asia so that they could get an opening at JFK to kill him? Was it fucking ATAR, Sam? Uh, it was agent of ATAR, Lyndon Johnson. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. That's right, folks. Lyndon Baines Johnson was an agent of ATAR who planned the assassination of John F. Kennedy and forced Tom Hanks to Southeast Asia under the guise of Lawrence Bourne III so that he could kill JFK and ascend to the presidency. Now, here's where things get even crazier, Luke, because Mm -hmm. LBJ committed to not sending more troops to Vietnam. However, he did do that, and he also escalated a bombing campaign, and he did all these things to kill Tom Hanks in Southeast Asia. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, dude, this makes so much sense. Yes, he's trying to cover, uh, tie up all his loose ends, and he's trying to kill Tom Hanks. Lawrence Bourne III disappears, so LBJ thinks, job is done, but he comes back. Uh, And he starts working at the Washington Post as Ben Bradley, Mm -hmm. trying to find a way to discredit LBJ and the other agents of ATAR. And so uh, some of LBJ's other followers, such as uh, Richard fucking Nixon, Mm -hmm. agent of ATAR. uh, And so finally, Tom gets uh, the access to these Pentagon papers and goes, here's the ticket. Here's how to delegitimize a fucking series of presidents controlled by ATAR mm-hmm. r- ruining this country and lying to the American people. Yes. And so he publishes those. And on top of that, we do get hinted that Tom Hanks, as if you remember, Forrest Gump discovers Watergate. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, Sam. And he puts... Richard fucking Nixon out of power because he knows Richard Nixon is an agent of ATAR. Holy fuck, dude. The 60s and 70s were a wild time for Tom Hanks. Yes. Yes, they were. So, uh, so yeah. There it is. Damn. Dude, you really brought it this week. Tying Thank together you, so many, some, I'm just seeing so many red pieces of yarn. So many red pieces of string being connected all over the place, and it makes so much goddamn sense. Yeah, you you think you see a lot of a lot of red yarn? I'm I'm fucking tied up in it. <laughs> well, damn, dude, thank you for bringing that this week. I feel so you're, much more enlightened. You're so very welcome. So, folks, just remember Lyndon Baines Johnson and uh, Richard Nixon, agents of ATAR, who did uh, arrange the Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. All factual. You know, that's what people are missing when they're watching the Zapruder film and trying to figure out the mm-hmm. grassy knoll situation. They don't realize how deep this thing goes, and it goes oh. fucking deep. Yeah, both all the way down and all the way to the top. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Sam, that's groovy. Uh, I do have another bit for you, sort of a classic Ooh. bit, if you would be into oh, that. yeah. I would... I would love nothing more. Nice, because this week, Sam, we have the return of Hank, your moneymaker. 
shit. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> this is a segment where I pitch uh, different business ventures, or more recently, different commercials. So different money-making ventures uh, from the, the staff of the movie. Uh, and Sam, we have a bit of a twist this week because two of the things I'm going to tell you are accurate. And one oh, of them shit. is not. So it is now up to okay. you to find the two accurate commercials, two real commercials that were created. And then to tell me I, which one of these was not was not an actual commercial. I mean, there's there's no chance I'm going to do any better, but <laughs> but I'm I'm so ready to hear these. Yeah. So essentially, you just need to pick one that's not correct. And then the okay. other two will by default be true. So, Sam, are you ready to hear these commercials? Yes. OK. So related to the cast of The Post, Sam, your commercials this week are... In 2019, Tom Hanks created with the Washington Post an arresting commercial titled Democracy Dies in Darkness. The commercial featured footage of world events and the reporters covering them, imploring audiences to support journalism. So that's number okay. one. Uh, loving the thinking face. Love to see that you're in the game on this one. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in the fucking zone. In the zone. I can tell. Okay. So number two. In 1996, Meryl Streep created a hip-hop-inspired commercial with the CDC, convincing teenagers not to smoke. The commercial featured the phrase, Stamp it out, yo, and has not aged terribly well. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't sound it. (laughs) And lastly, in 2016, Allison Brie and Dave fucking Franco featured in an ad for the mobile game Summoner's War. The two are shown summoning various Pokemon-esque creatures before squaring off against a boss fight in a fade to black. Ooh, Ooh shit. Yep. So that's your three this week. To recap really quick, we've got Tom Hanks with the Washington Post, Democracy Dies in Darkness. We've got Meryl Streep in the 90s with the CDC hip-hop commercial. And then Allison Brie and Dave Franco in Summoner's War, a commercial for Summoner's War. And and what year was that one? That was 2016. 2016, a simpler time. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, okay, okay. The the Tom Hanks one, I am like 99 percent certain is real. Okay, what makes you think that? I may have seen it. Mm, okay. I'm I may have seen it, uh, which I'm gonna feel really stupid when that's the fake one, <laughs> but. <laughs> But I'm standing by that's the real one. Sure. One one of the real ones. The other two. Oh shit. I mean, Meryl Streep rapping feels like some some real nineties shit. <laughs> Doesn't it? Uh however, I don't know why, but I feel like I have seen the pairing of Allison Bree and Dave Franco. Mm. And I before. And I don't know why I've seen them paired up before. I I can't put my finger on it, but that that one feels real as well. So I think the fake one, unfortunately, is rapping Meryl Streep. Okay, final answer. Yeah. Okay, Sam. Mm Mm-hmm. You got it right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, dog. That was completely accurate. So it turns out Meryl <sighs> Streep did not create an anti-smoking ad, but she did, I believe, a mammogram screening. Um, 
commercial with the CDC, and it was, was early two thousands, I believe. Was it rapping? It was not rapping. No, oh, that man. would have been fucking insane if it had been. Yeah, man, I I want it. You spoke it into reality, <laughs> and now it's everything I want. Yeah. So sorry to disappoint on that end of things, uh, but Sammy did get it right for I think the third time in Hank Your Moneymaker history. So. I think so. like three out of ten. Mm-hmm. I think something like that. Your average is not good, but you know what? Today mm-hmm. you you walked away with the W, and that's all that matters. Oh boy, it is a fucking. It feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels good to get one of these, uh, another one of these under my belt. Nice man. God, God damn. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, Luke. Uh, let's let's look ahead to next week. Alrighty. Um, I think it's time to leave the post uh, to to suck itself uh, further. And uh, and next week, Luke, I think you're gonna be happy because next week it's 2019, and we're diving right back into the toy verse with Toy Story 4. Oh shit! Oh shit! Thank God! Thank God! It's gonna be yes. amazing. Oh, I can't wait. Now, have you seen Toy Story 4? I actually have not seen Toy Story 4. Okay. Now, see, I actually have. Oh. Uh, uh, So, I'm curious. What do you think happens in Toy Story 4? Okay. I think it's pretty straightforward because we've seen a progression of the toys and the people involved getting older, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, I think what this one is going to be is like a gritty neo-noir reboot. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Of Toy Story, where uh, Woody is just this like down and out PI researching toy deaths. Okay. Um, oh my god. <laughs> and everyone's smoking. Everything is gritty. Uh, maybe the piggy bank character is now a villain, uh, like a criminal Ooh, okay. mastermind, because we've shown before that he's the only one that has any sort of financial knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least has a pretty firm grasp on how currency works. So, yeah, yeah and I think there's going to be a deep exploration of uh, some of the stuff we've talked about, Reed, like toy sex and toy pleasure okay. and uh, what exactly toys can make themselves into when they're free of their own marketing. Uh, okay. I feel like it's going to go real deep on all that okay. stuff. So you think that we're going to finally unravel the mystery of the toy orgasm? Yeah, 100%. I think we're going to at least, if we don't see it on screen, I think we're going to get <laughs> enough hints uh, to sort of piece it together. Well, Luke, I can't I can't wait for us to talk about toygasms. Toygasms is going to be amazing. I'm just so fucking excited to be heading back to the Toyverse with you, my friend. Oh, I can't wait. What what other mysteries are we going to unravel about the laws of the toy universe? Mm-hmm. Um, I I really wish Pixar would email me back so that we can maybe get some <laughs> some further sort of behind the scenes knowledge, but they they will not respond to me. Yeah, to be fair, it, it might help if your emails were more than just the subject line question <laughs> and then the body containing toygasm question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a real problem when uh it's either toy death or Woody coming. <laughs> uh it's all it's uh in fact at this point I imagine they're gonna send me a cease and desist. Yeah, probably. If not some professional help. But Sam, it's gonna be a hell of a time. I'm extremely excited for Toy Story 4. Oh, I can't wait. 
but until then, folks, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. You can find us on Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod. And you can send us an email at HanksyPanksyPod at gmail.com. Please, please tell us how you're doing, uh, I guess, and <laughs> what, what you think about <laughs> the uh, conspiracies, what you think Tom is up to. Um, and, uh, and, you know, also, if you saw Polar Express with Luke Patrick, uh, we would love to wrap up all these <laughs> mysteries, uh, before, before we catch up on all of Tom's, uh, films. Um, also, please, uh, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. And if you do, I'll, uh, read out your name on the podcast right here. Uh, and, uh, and do share us with a friend. It really helps us out. And I want to give a special shout-out to Ryan Boyd for our kick-ass intro music. Uh, you can find their work on Twitter at RyanDroid, D-R-O-Y-D. Luke, mm-hmm. you got that final quote? I do. I think it was said by Tom Hanks, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. Or at least I'm pretty sure. But the, the quote itself is, Nixon's a son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 oh, Richard fucking Nixon. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get out of here. (laughs) Yeah, let's go. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy. We'll be back next week with 2019's Toy Story 4.